0: If you're a dual-use startup that's really focused on scaling on the defense side, I would actually advise, be careful how much capital you raise
1: and be careful on your valuation. What's up? I'm Tyler Sweat. Cue the dramatic music. This is All Quiet on the Second Front, the podcast where boring conversations around defense tech and national security come to die. Ready to get weird and learn some cool shit about emerging tech and the government? I thought so. Let's fucking go. This is a Soul Fire production. All right. What's up, nerds? We got James Cross here, managing director from Franklin Templeton. What's happening? Very excited. Uh, James has had an unbelievable career. I think. One of the highest regarded uh, aerospace and defense analysts, oh right? Gosh. 20 yep. years deep, seen it all. Checks in the mail. Yeah, that's it, man. Yep. Uh, really excited to sort of peel back, you know, what you've seen throughout your career, sort of different trends that have sort of come and gone. Because mm-hmm. I think what we're seeing right now is defense has become a little bit fetch. Yeah. Sort of everybody A little wants hot, to do A little yeah. hot right now. <laughs> little yeah. Hot.
0: yeah. SpaceX and Android were the two biggest races in the VC world last year. Yep. I don't know that that'll happen again, but we'll see. Can't imagine.
1: Yeah, can't imagine.
0: Ten billion dollars raised for national security deals. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll see if it continues.
1: When you look out over the next twelve months and you think about sort of defense tech, right? We recognize that last year, ton of capital flying mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. VC's coming out of the fucking woodwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's all about some variant of national yep. security. I think partly because they didn't know what to do because enterprise do software monkeys is their
0: bread and butter, but that's, that didn't work last year. It's out of favor now that I mean, we're on the, every CFO is on a software strike. So what else do you do? Well, Ukraine and, you know, is getting screwed by Russia and then and Congress is talking up the Taiwan Strait. So they got too much capital. They just got creative and threw it at national security. So what I think happens this year and uh, Silicon Valley defense groups about to put out, uh, the NatSec 100, and we're going to look at all of the top VC-backed national security companies. When that list comes out, insiders are going to look at it and they're going to say, oh, those five companies aren't going to make it. Or those, you know, pe- there's going to be some flameouts because the customer's not coming through with the revenue. Yep. So you can only raise so much money on the PowerPoint slide and the dream of helping you know secure democracy with your technology but if the
1: national security apparatus ain't buying it then at
0: some point you know the drip runs
1: out yeah so we're gonna go two questions here one mm-hmm. i want you to uh show me cheers a li- by the way cheers yeah. yeah here we go this podcast sponsored um, by god's gift you know i don't want you to uh to sort of show too much but show me a little more leg on the natsec 100 okay um though it's interesting There'll
0: be some uh, household names that everybody recognizes. I I I I don't think I'm going to surprise anybody and say SpaceX is number one. Yep. And you can probably guess who uh, number two is. It starts with an A. Uh, what we were surprised by though was about a so a third of the names everybody knows the Shields, the Skydios, the the whatever the Relativities. A third of the names when you as soon as you saw them you're like oh yeah like a Databricks so like all the data analysis AI guys. Um, and some of the robotic process automation RPA like automation anywhere, but a third of the names were like what are these guys doing on the list. And um, here, here's how we did it: we we went to the CIA and we went to DoD, and we said, "Give us your tech priorities." So we called up Heidi Shue's office and we called up our buddies at Incubtel and then Nand, who's the CIA yep. CTO. C- 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 I know, I know you know, him. and said, "Give us all your tech priorities." We dumped them in the pitch book. We ran a screen and we looked at how much money they raised, how much momentum they have in the business, using external indicators because these are private companies. We don't know what the revenue is, we don't know what the valuations are, so we ha- we just use whatever data we could get, and we did a ranking, and it's purely objective. And everybody's going to hate it and be mad about it, but because like we didn't, it's not qualitative. We're just these are the numbers. If you don't if you don't like the rankings, it's it, then you can argue with the formula, but you can't argue with us. So we're pretty excited about it. The goal is to stimulate conversation. Yeah. The, the goal is not to be like, we're right. This is the future of defense industry. Like we don't, you know, we're just here to help people think about it and look and understand the message to policymakers is there is data. You can track this. You can track how much capital they raise. Yep. You can look at last year versus this year. So we're just trying to help, um, you know, policymakers kind of measure what they're doing. Think about how do we measure the effectiveness of the innovation units. What we're telling Congress is measure these guys on deals and dollars. The deals are how much contracts did you put towards all these VC backed folks? And then the dollars are how much more VC capital did they attract after DIU or Naval X gave them a contract? So let's simplify the whole thing. Anyway, that's a long answer to a short question.
1: No, that's good. I mean, I'm gonna I wanna get into sort of government's ability to sustain some of this, but I want to hit what you just got at with sort of the innovation.
0: By the way, second front's on that
1: list. I'm gonna leave that as a surprise. Uh-oh. But, <laughs> No, so you know when I was coming up as as an army officer, the running joke was the Afghanistan coin strategy yeah. that just made no sense and it looked every looked like it was lines going everywhere and org charts and all that. I saw a slide last week that represented the defense innovation sort of ecosystem inside the government. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie, I flashed back to some horrible bureaucratic, like quad yeah, yeah, yeah. chart laden thing. So was this the Naval X throughput slide?
0: Yeah. Have you, you know the slide? I saw that slide too.
1: And there's what? A hundred different fucking organizations across? Yeah. That's yeah. not innovation. That's chaos.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and where do you go? Where so do you send a company? That was exact. When I saw the slide, and we'll probably start using a version of it, I thought, where, where, where do you interject uh, what we call the fifth column? So as Silicon Valley Defense Group, we break down the national security startup world into five lanes. You know, one lane is like a defense tech only startup. That's yep. All they do is defense tech, all right? And there's the billionaire babies like SpaceX and Android, they don't need help raising money. They're, and they're, they're going to get to the defense market one way or another. You got your dual-use companies that are really successful on the commercial side. And they're already going into defense. And they can continue raising on their commercial side. They're fine. And you have your dual-use that's really mostly defense and not really commercial. They need, they need help from that slide. So those, those first two lanes, defense only and dual-use defense first. Yeah, that like, innovation complex is useful for them. Billionaire babies, they don't need them. The highly successful commercial guys that are dual use, they don't need the help. But there's this fifth column, which is the best commercial tech companies that could be going into national security and haven't gone yet. Yep. So when I and and by the way, that's what the Silicon Valley Defense Group Academy is about. We go out and pursue these companies and invite them to come explore the national security market with us for six months and then choose to go in and we introduce them to a bunch of partners. It's really awesome. So that fifth column. When I look at that throughput innovation throughput slide, I don't see anywhere where an amazing commercial tech company who's not trying to get on that slide would be aware of it. And there's no entry yeah. points. Like they're not. They could care You're less about that, a cyber. Like yeah, they don't. Yeah. yeah, they. There's not like a giant. If you go down to Mountain View by DIU's headquarters, they did not rent a billboard that said, "Hey, cool commercial tech companies that can help democracy come here." It's not even really a sign on the front yeah. of the building anymore. Yeah, though. and there's
1: a lot of security too. <laughs> I mean, if you want to innovate. You gotta, you gotta get your bags scanned. Well, so talk to me. That, yeah, you talk about you talk about fifth column, right? And I, I think that's absolutely right. Like with that sort of gap, the academy is filling right yeah, now. Yep. Yeah. You know, we also, I think, we all look at sort of the DIU as what should be that sort of flagship front door. Yeah. Right. We recently have seen what was a guy who was widely regarded as probably the best in the government at defense innovation. Get sort of publicly flayed in yeah. a bullshit investigation yeah. and we're now seeing a rudderless diu yeah. with no director what message does that send to the community yeah it's weird i mean i think
0: uh that that, that they don't care that the back home in dc right now they don't care the political leadership sort of is de-emphasizing the role of silicon valley and not just the 415 and 650 area code but you know private capital backed emerging tech so i that's fine we've actually been through this before multiple times um the current wave of dual use investing mania started in 2015 from our analysis and kind of it went from 500 million in, in capital raised to a billion and now you, you hit five billion a couple of years ago and now you're at 10. so you know and catherine boyle said it at the reagan national defense forum i think a year and a half ago like dod the party's about to end so if you're not going to come to the party and start playing with these companies they're all going to go home and they're not going to be raising more capital, and they're just going to go back to their commercial markets. So I think we're close to that and not having a visible vocal leader in heading DIU in Silicon Valley is a strong message. And the fact that you have you set up a Silicon Valley unit and then you ignore it and you cut their budget and you cut their staff year after year after year, you're just cut, you're just undermining the, the whole thing. But over that 2014-2015 time period to here We've gone through leadership deficits before. Like, you know, Senator McCain was the one pushing for all this. And then he passed away. And then it was Mac Dornberry, uh, by the way, who's a, a wonderful man and advisor to SVG. Then he retired. And then leadership passed over, to I think, to the building because you had guys like Will Roper and, and, and Hondo driving it. Now now they're gone. And I think we're going to see leadership reemerge out of the Hask and the Hack D from the conversations we've had. That's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. specifically you know, the city subcommittee and I know, we we've know, we, we met with Rogers and Calvert personally committed to this. I think you're going to see strong leadership out of the house, but we're waiting on DOD to get their ducks in a row and a point ahead of DIU and going you know, to put their money where their mouth is. So we shall see. I don't know. Um, do we need venture capital to like keep an enduring edge against China in the long run? I mean, I think so. Yeah. Um. And our whole stance is until the stuff goes down, you don't exactly know what you need overnight. So you got to be ready. And there's no better way to scale up a new capability than with private capital overnight. Like, if you had five years lead time, you would do the far. Like, that's fine. But if you look at what happened in the GWAD, we had no idea what we needed, and we had none of it in our kit. Right? You were there. Like, I was like, the benefactor. Yeah. yeah I laugh the, all the time. I, my
1: best, my best comms gear was an Afghan roshan phone. None of my shit worked. <laughs> yeah that's i mean a full Uh, true story (laughs) i mean
0: we always talk about the mrap because it was the biggest program as like here's how here's what can go well with private capital and urgent need and here's what can go poorly and there's a book about it called marketing the mrap ironically if you read it you're a real defense innovation dork but the, the the thing i always tell people is this dual use mania we've been there before it used to be called was it cdmq commercially developed military qualified and they used Wall Street Capital to get new stuff downrange faster. Well, now we want to use the, the Sand Hill Road and VC. It's the same stuff. And so last time we stood up a bunch of flexible units like JIDO and Rapid Equipping Force and a ton of it. And we used them as much as we needed them because we needed we had short cycle needs. And as soon as we didn't need the short cycle stuff anymore, all those units disappeared. Our view is for JIDO, we
1: changed acquisition policy. Yeah. Three year colorless money. Yeah. Like you could literally reprogram money left and right and buy what was needed. Yeah. And then we killed it. And and, and
0: I think JIDO at its peak had a $4 billion budget. Oh, yeah. We don't need JIDO to have $4 billion today. We just need JIDO to exist with all those flexible authorities with like a couple nickels. So then, where do you put that? Something happens when we need it
1: overnight. Then you put the billions back on. Where do you, that's my problem, right? And I am. Like I, I, I tell my friend, like I gave my twenties to the country. I'm gonna give my whole life to national security. Is I look in the building right now, I don't know where I fucking hang a JIDO. Yeah, because it's not Ans. Yeah, it's not RE. But the the
0: issue is, you can't like Leplant and Shu kind of don't care. Not one bit. Um, so that's a problem. I mean, our view is you need to put Diu and Office of Strategic Capital kind of together under a very powerful governance structure yeah. with all the unders back in osd so regardless of personalities or political appointees you're at the highest point to have leverage on the org chart so that's kind of your 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 safety net but in reality uh, it, this sh- everything should be under the acquisition and peo side this this venture back stuff is not for rne it's it's too long a cycle right and because the venture capitalists I think here's a here's a gap in understanding. Well, Arnie's not designed to push they're the pod either. Yeah, on the policymaker side, they're like, "Oh, these Silicon Valley, we'll go get some neat new tech." As a venture capitalist, I don't I don't invest in tech. I don't invest in products. I invest in giant businesses that will become huge that no one knows about. And over there, they're like, "Oh, we want new tech." So to get a giant business out of that cool tech, I need big contracts, and big contracts come from the PO. So uh you'll be hearing more about the idea of peo driven innovation from us over the next year
1: yeah we'll we'll be talking about a little bit at south by which i'm excited about yeah i'm stoked you know as we think about that right we talked about the challenge of sort of the the clear leadership and the signaling right the challenge of hey it's kind of hard to sustain from a defense capital standpoint yeah and then uh the where do we hang on the orchard what's the role of the primes in this right like how do we how do we get that right uh by the way we're very pro prime um yeah uh, this is a safe space for primes.
0: Yeah. Th- <laughs> thank you. Uh, wonderful Silicon Valley Defense Group sponsors Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, and Saic. We welcome our overlords from the primes. Yeah. And if <laughs> I forget anyone, Trump is over there to remind me. Uh, our analysis. So talking about the peo driven innovation, our analysis, uh, and, and we did a, a svdg kind of founder strategy offsite in December, and one of the epiphanies was the role of the prime CVCs. Uh, they are they are kind of doing. Uh, what you would want DIU to do and and by the way we love DIU and obviously we know the team really well they're fired up and are still totally on target for their mission in spite of everything we talked about yep. and I think they've done a great job of just waiting and doing the best they can in the current situation kind of that humble like readiness stance I we talked about earlier so the the prime CVC's they fill that gap. So I've been, an, I've been a defense investor in the Valley since 1998. I've seen one PEO representative in person over that entire time, kind right? The me. PEOs don't come to the Valley. It's nobody's fault. They're not organized for that incentivized. And DIU doesn't have enough bodies to embed at every PEO, though we talked to the uh, city subcommittee staff about staffing up for that. Idea. So the CVCs can fill that gap from the primes because the primes have got tentacles at every single program office, yep. right? So they can walk these startups into these peos offices and put the capital in there so uh How do you, on we're that, very bullish on the C&Cs. Yeah, on that
1: right and i mean i've said this to, to chris and jeff from lockheed so i'm comfortable saying it here right like last company i was at we took corporate cbc yeah um i think we were we had a little spidey sense up on like intellectual property some different clauses yeah, yeah. um how do we set it up in a way where the incentives are aligned and that startup isn't terrified that they're just getting stripped for parts? Yeah, I love the question. Um, first off, the,
0: the startup can't give anything away. Don't, don't, like, but let me back up. Traditional enterprise software deals on Sand Hill Road, you don't want the, the strategics anywhere near that. Yeah. You know, you want Excel, you want General Catalyst. You know, blah, blah, blah. Frontier tech, hardware tech, you know, def- national security it's different. Yeah. You want the incumbents aren't going to disappear. The software was not going to eat. In spite of what some of our other sponsors say, the software is not going to eat Lockheed Martin tomorrow. It, that's just nonsense. So you actually want the corporates and strategics. I'm taking that bait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but here's the deal. Do a clean deal. And, and I, um, I, you know I, know, I know Lockheed and the Morana's ga- team, like they do clean deals. Right? Oh, I love them. Yeah. And, you know, a buddy of mine runs Raytheon's CBC. And they do clean deals because they know if you walk in there and you want a rofer and you want IP rights, that company's dead. They can never raise their Yeah. You take the ceiling away from them. So
1: any company that. And you want them moving horizontally across the other primes. Because if you're talking about yeah, that company and that capability yeah. scaling, that's, that's got to yeah. go horizontal. That's the, second, that's
0: the second piece of advice. If you're going to take one strategic, you probably should take three. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You don't want to appear captive. And if they want you to be captive, you need to not get into that
1: relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, as we, as we start talking about broader transition, right? We talk about the valley of death a lot. We talk about getting the right types of contracts and getting to production. You know, we've got to roll the primes. We've talked about, you know, do we embed sort of DIU folks at the PEOs flip that for me from the Congress side, right? Mm-hmm. What if we start looking at budgetary, you know, something Peter Nixon and I've talked about a ton is like, what if we took five, eight, two, some percentage? of that peo's budget and said hey it has to go yeah, yeah, yeah. into emerging tech yeah. into non non-traditional stuff like that yeah and we drove it both ways yeah. do you think that's something that's viable
0: I, I definitely do um i mean basically you're kind of backdooring in the Cibers reform which is tough because it's highly politicized and dod doesn't control it but if you know those peos they already get taxed for the cyber thing it would be very simple to split it down the middle and half of it goes to startups, and half of it goes to small businesses. That's a really good. And idea. there's your yeah, second misunderstanding. Yeah. The policymakers they they really think small idea. businesses and startups are the same thing. No, a, a, a small business and the CIBRA's rules are all designed on keeping the small small because yeah. they just want smalls around. That's great. Small businesses are the engine of economic growth in the country. Startups are future large companies, or they're dead. And so if you don't have your policy enabled for them to grow with the speed their financial backers want them to grow. You're not going to get what those startups offer. So, a policy adjustment so that Sibbers is more like they got to change the affiliate rule for one thing. Oh yeah, right. So we want we want they small businesses unless unless you got money from San Hill Road, then we don't want your small business. Yeah. That, that that makes no sense. So I, I think that'll change. I mean, I'm really excited about Ro Khanna and Mike Gallagher running city. Yeah. You know, Ro represents Silicon Valley, and we've already like. Congress started like a week ago yeah. and is already out there like, let's get together in the Valley. We got to talk all you tech companies. We're going to come from DC. Let's talking let's talk and- about it. I
1: think it's the most yeah. active I've ever uh, seen. Hill engagements with, yep. with emerging tech right now.
0: And it's amazing. Like we're sitting here complimenting Congress. Yep. I can't. Yep. You Blows die hero or you. Blows long my mind. To become the villain, yep. right? Normally we win our wars on the courage of our, our war fighters, our balance sheet and our industrial base. But now it's up to Congress.
1: Wild. Wow. <laughs> Drink that. So on that, right, you know, we talk about a little bit of a, some of the positive trends we're seeing at the Hill. You know, what yeah. gets you the most excited? Flash me out over the next three, oh, four yeah, years. Yeah. What's, got you, what's got you tuned up?
0: Well, the issue is because it's the house, you can only get excited for two years and then you don't know. Number one thing is for the first time since I think this trend started again in 15, the appropriators and the authorizers are
1: aligned. Yeah. We have never had that. Yeah.
0: This is a magical moment. Could so, actually drive
1: some real change here. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and my message to all my VC friends who are launching national resilience, economic resilience, global resilience, national security funds. One, uh, if you're going to do business with the DOD, you got to support the mission, the veterans and the war fighters. Yep. Two, this is a unique business domain. There are meetings that you might want to get into, but when you have your for-profit hat on, you can't get into those meetings. So three, maybe you need a partner. Yeah, Chubbs will
1: yeah. talk to you if you're interested. Yeah, see Chubbs to sign up, get the Venmo. I know a guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, flip that on its head. Right. Oh yeah. Well, okay. What's yeah. What's the bad side of that? What keeps you up at night? What are you well, most concerned about? Um, Aside from like the complete lack, yeah, we don't have, have leadership. Emerging tech and D&D. Yeah.
0: Okay. Here's the thing. Um, the amount of capital going in. So we did an analysis uh, at this offside I mentioned. Um, I mean, how much of the, basically the national security budget is a trillion, right? DOD is 800 and then you got DHS and CBP and state and whatever. It's roughly a trillion. I mean, how how much of that needs to go to what I we call fresh tech? So tech that you didn't know you needed until last night. I don't know what the magic number is. Um, I appreciate that Office of Strategic Capital and Jason Ratchie are thinking about this. They would... They would tell you they don't know the number either. Uh, when the National Security 100 comes out, we're going to do an estimate of the total national security revenue going to that list, and I think people will be shocked how low it is. Yeah, I, mean, I would I think agree. With it's that. in the one to two billion dollar range total. And what eighty percent of that is number, the top? Number, the top, top two? top three, top, top, two? top one? Yeah, you got a power. <laughs> the power law there. Uh,
1: so they're fucked up looking. Curve. Yeah,
0: the problem is the amount of capital has gone into this. The, the revenue is not there and you know in the early early mid-stage vcs invest at 10 times sales so you got a billion dollars in revenue for 80 billion dollars raised over the last five years that math doesn't work so it's 2020 vc math yeah i i think um if, if the number is one to two percent of the trillion then then we're probably fine if we get into like the GWAT situation you can go back and look at the data that the amount, I mean, what were they? They call them supplementals, right? The supplementals were the 100 day, billion yeah. plus. Yeah,
1: the OCOs, OCO, all stuff. OCO was just a spigot.
0: Yeah, so you're one billion, you're kind of grinding out today. If we get into something like the Ukraine, what is it, the, the last Ukraine bill like 40 billion or something. It, the number goes parabolic. And we're the, the traditional defense industrial base can't meet that, right? We can't, we can't resupply javelins, high Mars, stingers. And it's no indictment on the primes. We haven't, we've been keeping these things barely alive. Same with the M1 Abrams line, just on life support in case we need them down the road. And all of a sudden you got to quintuple your solid rocket motor. You can. not So again, speed and scale. That's what private capital brings. So our whole vision is to build an emerging tech readiness ecosystem that's got the right people coached up in advance, connected to the right people, downrange warfighters, co-coms, policymakers, the building, and then have. The tools ready so those folks can sit down and do business and they already know each other and they know how to do business together. And so when you need Jido to go from 40 million to 4 billion overnight, it already exists. The bureaucrats already know how to use it. So that's emerging tech readiness. We don't know what we need Silicon Valley for, but we kind of know we need it. And if you read Tai Chung's latest book, Innovate to Dominate, you know the Chinese have got this because they've got a bunch of government guidance funds and venture funds, billions of dollars. They're using the, our best tools
1: to be adaptable and agile. Geography to put yeah,
0: and we're using the spoke, Soviet, yeah. you know, we're using the
1: Soviet area era acquisition framework. All right, two more questions. Um, one, sort of, I want to flip that on its head, right? I mean, you and I have had many a, a bar conversation about venture capital and if I think it's it's really committed to national security or not. I mean, the running joke I usually make is, right, eighteen months ago it was JPEGs and monkeys and crypto Ponzi schemes, and yeah. now they're yeah. yellow lapel pins. Hard task, everywhere. Yeah. By the way. How, how serious do you think, or how how enduring do you think, sort of the rise of VCS... Do you think Catherine was right, that like, hey, the party's about to stop? Do you think there's things in the near term right, that maybe Congress can do to signal, to pull that out a little bit so we don't end up in this spot where we yeah, actually fucking yeah, need it? yeah, And they finally turn around and everyone's taken their ball and gone home.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you, you always got to say up front, you just don't know. Um... Two, facts on the ground will dictate the outcome here. Nobody predicted uh, that Russia would actually invade the Ukraine, right? Um, Gallagher's out saying that China's going to try to take Taiwan within the next few years. I have no idea. I don't know. Nobody predicted 9-11. So we don't know. Um, I think uh, if if you're a dual-use startup that's really focused on scaling on the defense side, I would actually advise, be careful how much capital you raise and be careful on your valuation. Give, give I, I would I would advise... I think the market might solve that last problem itself right now. Yeah, I mean, everybody took as much capital as they could last year. I mean, it was like the enterprise software feeding frenzy in 21. Well, 22 was like, if you're national security, I mean, you've got new entrants that are going and knocking on the doors of the top 10 NatSec 100 folks who already have more capital they need and asking, can I give you another $50 million? So... Uh, The (laughs) The ROIC math ain't going to work out, right? (laughs) So that's the thing. And then third is like Congress probably needs to force the DOD to make a decision on this. Or do you really want access to this ecosystem or not? And if you do, here's here's the bull case. Here's a billion dollars, but we, Congress, are going to fix your go-to-market approach because it sucks. And it goes back to that stupid throughput slide that we were talking about earlier and we'll find a way to get this out there. Yeah, that doesn't work. So Congress needs to say, we're going to reorg and you'll be hearing more from uh, us. And I think Steve blank on this, yep. DOD reorg with, with budget funding mechanisms that fit this ecosystem with the readiness to use it when you need to.
1: We're running right up to the end here. I have been advised by my handlers that asking the same question at the end of every podcast is preferred. Okay. Um, you do, do what so you got to do. Me, me following instructions. Do it for the people. Right. So, you know, we talk about a lot, sort of what does is, what is success look like? We talk about it on a national level. We talk about a market level. We don't often talk about it sort of on a personal level. Like, what is, where do you want to end up? What is, what is ringing the bell, declaring success, sort of retirement joy or next career look like? You know, oh, always, are, are we, are you asking about my feelings? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk to me. Nobody told me we're talking Pop about the hood. feelings Pop today. The hood, baby. That's why we're cracking beers. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little liquid courage. Okay.
0: Oh, man uh how to answer that question i mean i'm looking forward to uh not having to worry about this and when we when silicon valley defense group got their start sitting in uh, senator mccain's office on his couch with bill greenwald and the senator he basically said we need 10 more spacex's now we don't need 10 more spacex's we need 10 more innovative businesses at scale that can get to a billion dollars in dod revenue yeah and do it better cheaper faster so kind of that you know that's why svdg exists we're kind of given that mandate so i would that that would make me happy um i I would love to see us in a position where we're enabling the innovation units to be more effective and i think they want to be and it's not anybody's fault that they're kind of not again it goes back to that work chart slide i mean for me personally um svdg has three lines of business right the policy side which we're most known for at the dinners and the conferences and going to Reagan national defense forum that's great we launched the academy. So in the finance lane, we're you know de- bringing the the, the private back best tech companies to the to the marketplace. Our third line, which we're not that well known for, is the academic side, and that's where personally, as as I, I get older, and I'm I'm in my third decade at Franklin Templeton, uh, they're gonna put me out the pasture at some point. You know, I want to teach the on this farm stuff. Farm north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'll be I'll be starting um I'll be teaching a, a class on entrepreneurship and national security at UCSD starting this fall. And I'm super stoked about that. So, you know, I want to work with my fr- like my friend Ty and Steve Blank and our friends on the academic side because I think victory in the long term is engineering, you know, the mid level career schoolhouses and developing thought leadership and curriculum and and cranking out PhDs on national security innovation and geoeconomics. That's that's where I want to get. Like running a startup nonprofit is awesome. I love working with Chubs and our team, and we're starting to grow, and that's personally fulfilling to me. I hope that we
1: get to where I don't need.
0: To be involved anymore, I just get to be a board member and I can sit around with the students and the mid career
1: military folks. Dude, I got up my answer. I think my answer last time I said I was like, I had like a river in my backyard and outdoor ah, kitchen. You're well, like, we fucking, can go fly fishing. <laughs> world, world peace and multi generational <laughs> change of our youth. Oh my God. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, James Cross. All right. Thanks for joining, brother. Thanks very much. It's fucking awesome, that man. It. Appreciate you. Really enjoyed it. Heck okay. Wow, look at you. You made it to the end. Thanks for listening. Hope you learned something. Don't forget to leave a passive-aggressive review. It wouldn't be a podcast without some show notes. So check them out to learn more about me, Second Front. Stay weird.